Hi, and welcome to Infectious Diseases Hub Talks. World AIDS Day is celebrated worldwide on December 1st, and to help advocate the cause, we're turning our focus to HIV and AIDS throughout December. In this interview, we speak to Richard Kaup. My name is Richard Kaup. Uh, I'm an infectious disease-trained physician. I've spent most of my career doing HIV-related research, uh, both clinical and basic science. For the last 16 years, I've been the chief of the immunology laboratory at the Vaccine Research Center at the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases at the National Institutes of Health. Richard was recently an author on a study reporting a tri-specific antibody able to target 99% of HIV strains. So first up, we asked him about the paper and what they found. Could you just give us a brief introduction to the project and outline your rationale for investigating this area? Uh, sure. So I was I'm mostly involved in trying to develop a vaccine against HIV and in about 2009, technology had become available to rapidly discover broadly neutralizing monoclonal antibodies against HIV. And so we ended up having a number of broadly neutralizing antibodies, and we were using them to identify good targets for a vaccine. But it also became obvious that we might be able to use these monoclonal antibodies both as passive protection or as therapy against uh, HIV infection. The problem is that every single one of these antibodies, even though we call them broadly neutralizing, they neutralize between 90 and 95%, some of them 75% of virus isolates. Sure. So you know, they're, they're not going to be as good as antiretroviral therapy. And as we know from our history with antiretroviral therapy against HIV, we need combinations uh, of antiretroviral agents in order to cover the broad diversity of HIV that's out there. So the concept has always been with these neutralizing antibodies, if we're going to use them, we're going to have to use them in combination. So we can either do that by combining three different antibodies as individual antibodies, or would it be possible to actually take three antibodies and put the specificities of those three antibodies into a single molecule. You can't do this with standard antiretroviral therapy. You can't take a, a single molecule and give it the activity of a protease inhibitor, an integrase inhibitor, and an RT inhibitor. But with the antibodies, our colleagues at Sanofi actually figured out a way of taking three different antibody specificities and putting them on a single antibody molecule. So we looked at the different monoclonal antibodies that were out there, and we found three that targeted three different areas on the HIV envelope, and we were able to put all three of them into a single monoclonal antibody. So now we had a single molecule that would now have greater than 99% uh, coverage of HIV. And then it worked extremely well in the test tube in detail, but the question was, would it actually protect if we gave it to monkeys who were infected with not just a single shiv, which is a monkey virus related to HIV, with HIV envelope on that virus. Monkeys were given a mixture of shivs, 
some of which were resistant to at least one of the specificities of the tri-specific molecule, and, and we were able to protect these monkeys with the tri-specific antibody. Now, these monkeys weren't protected if we used just single monoclonal antibodies. So what we were able to show is that this tri-specific molecule actually did protect in a real-world type of situation, uh, obviously an animal model, where a mixture of viruses, some of which were resistant uh, to the individual arms of the tri-specific, but we still got protection against infection. I mean, you've touched on it already, but what would you say were the most important conclusions from this study? What the most important conclusion is there's broad protection with this type of molecule where individual specificities from what we call broadly neutralizing antibodies wouldn't protect uh, from this mixture of viruses. So, yeah, I think it always seems to be, you know, you can take something in a test tube and it looks like it's going to work. Often when you then take it into to animals and into humans, it doesn't work as well as you expect. So we, we were actually able to show here that uh, this did work as well as we could have hoped. Um, so what are the next steps for this antibody? And in the future, how do you hope this therapeutic might affect the clinical management of HIV? So the, the next step for the antibody is clearly to get it into human clinical trials. So we're working very closely with Sanofi and the HIV treatment and prevention networks to get some first-in-human data with this tri-specific antibody to see what is its safety, what is its pharmacokinetic profile. And once we know that, we can actually start to test it in humans for how well it will protect against HIV infection and how well it might act as a therapeutic to either inhibit virus replication or maintain individuals who are already HIV suppressed. Do you feel this is a more promising approach to HIV treatment and prevention compared with others, such as mosaic vaccines or pre-exposure prophylaxis? Or are these all valuable methods that should be continued? That's an excellent question, and we obviously think this is a very promising approach, but I would never rank order it in terms of other approaches. We've learned through our, our battles against HIV that there is no magic bullet. There is no one-size-fits-all treatment or prevention strategy. And so every promising treatment or, or prevention strategy needs to be pursued, and we need to find out where this will work uh, and how it might fit into all of the other promising therapies and preventions that are out there. In the absence of getting a vaccine, I think that the use of broadly neutralizing monoclonal antibodies, especially this type of tri-specific approach uh, with a long half-life mutation inserted, gives it the option of being given infrequently and hopefully providing prevention over a long period of time. It makes it a very promising either prophylactic therapy or therapy for maintenance of those individuals who are already suppressed. So if you have someone who's suppressed, if you can now maintain them on injections, that might be for some individuals a better option than taking a pill a day. And it would give people and physicians the option of different approaches. Do you think this antibody approach could also be applicable to other diseases and conditions? Yeah, it most certainly could be. Uh, let me give you a couple of examples. So 
Ebola. We know that there are three different strains of Ebola, Zaire, Sudan, Bundabugio. ZMAP is a monoclonal antibody combination of three different monoclonals that is being used and tested since that year. Let's say that other antibodies were discovered that uh, targeted just Zaire, another one that was just uh, Sudan, another one that was just Bundabugio. This type of approach may give you something that would cover all three in a, in a single antibody product. You could say the same thing for influenza. We have multiple strains of influenza currently giving a vaccine every year and trying to chase those strains. And often, you know, our efficacy is 50% or less. Uh, So if we had multiple monoclonal antibodies that could protect against the different multiple strains and they could be given a couple of times a year and protect people, that may be a good approach. Malaria, same idea. There are monoclonal antibodies being developed against malaria that may be protective, and we don't know how broadly protective they may be. Combinations could be put into this type of antibody. So the list could go go on and on, but I think you can see that with infectious diseases where you have different strains that may not all be covered by a single monoclonal antibody, that this would give you the possibility of broadening the protection against multiple strains of whatever infectious disease you're trying to protect against or treat. Yeah, of course. What do you consider to be the greatest challenges hindering the field of HIV treatment and prevention, and how might these be overcome? I think the biggest hindrance at this point for HIV is the lack of a vaccine. You know, we wouldn't be having this conversation if 20 years ago we had developed a safe and effective vaccine against HIV and we had shut down the, the epidemic. So, you know, that is still the ultimate goal, but in the absence of having a vaccine, we continue to develop ways of preventing HIV infection. I think that these combination antibody approaches may help in that prevention strategy by offering one more way that can prevent HIV infection. Uh, In terms of treatment, we're we're continuing to uh, look for ways of curing HIV infection, and this is a a major focus of research these days, but once again, it's proven to be very elusive. In the absence of being able to cure HIV, uh, having ways of easily suppressing HIV over long periods of time with minimal uh, intervention actually gets you to the point of almost a functional cure. Finally, do you have any additional thoughts or comments that you'd like to add? Uh, no, I, I think that you know, the, the only thing that I'd like to say is that, you know, what we were able to show was promising results in a non-human primate model of HIV and we don't want to overpromise that there are still multiple hurdles for you know, this and other antibody-like products to go through. Uh, but we're excited to get these uh, tested and hope that they do prove to be as useful as we hope they are. Thank you for listening to this ID Hub Talks podcast from Infectious Diseases Hub. You can find more podcasts as well as news, interviews and opinion pieces at www.idhub.com. Dot com.